Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. already that when a new leader comes to power, the former leader is finished. There's only one leader at a time. And where there's new leadership, it requires change for those who are following the leader. Change in direction, change in the rules maybe, change in vision or focus or attitude. Paul's been talking about this idea throughout Romans as our former leader, sin, is laid aside so that we can follow our new leader, Jesus. And with this change of allegiance in our lives, there are other changes that need to accompany this as well. Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 21 continues. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Now that Jesus is Lord of our lives, it requires changes in many ways, as Paul's been unpacking and we've been looking at for many days now. But one way that we're required to shift our thinking is in our view concerning this very life that we're living right now. No longer is this life here on earth the most important part of our existence. We have to shift to a heavenly perspective, a longer view, a much longer view, where we understand that everything that we do in this life affects our eternity, but eternity is where we will spend most of our time. We want to live with an eternal mindset, understanding the temporary nature of anything we are experiencing here on earth, good or bad. Yesterday, we looked at Paul noting that receiving our inheritance in Christ also means sharing in his suffering. But this eternal perspective helps us as we engage in our suffering because it causes us to understand that everything difficult that we're currently facing is temporary and it's tiny in light of the glories of heaven, which we'll fully experience one day. Our present sufferings can't be compared to the glory that we'll get to see, Paul writes. This doesn't dismiss our suffering, it might not make our pain any less, but it does help us set our hearts and our attitudes and our hopes in the right direction. This too shall pass, and heaven is our home. And Paul writes that all of creation is eagerly waiting for this, when evil is defeated for good, when God's fullness will restore creation forever. Satan has frustrated creation, subjecting it to its evil will, but all will be set free into the freedom and glory that we're currently just getting a taste of. In that sense, we have a responsibility as ones that Christ has saved. Creation waits for the children of God to be revealed because as we, those children, walk in our new lives, we testify to everything and everyone of what God's grace looks like and what is coming for all of creation. The freedom and the glory that we have tasted, that we have begun to walk in, is available to all things and is available to everybody. And so as we live out our new life boldly, our Christian lives demonstrate to all of creation what God's redemption looks like. As you go about your day today, take some time to reflect on heaven. Just think about that for a while today. What does it look like in your mind? 
What does it feel like in your understanding? We're told by scripture to fix our thoughts on things above. So take some time today to just do that, to intentionally fix your thoughts on heaven, asking the Lord to fill you with hope and with understanding as to your heavenly home.